Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels. Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, thank you so much for being with us. We know the days are drawing nigh that you've told us about, and we're kind of excited about that. But on the other hand, uh, we know that uh, warfare is coming. Thank you, Father that we uh, we read the end of the book, and we win. Thank you so much, Father. Amen. All right, I'm going to talk to you about uh, spiritual and physical war. And I'm going to first talk to you about civil war in America. So, you know, there's been an uncivil war for some time in America because the legally elected government and the left-wing Democrats and Republicans under the authority of the deep state and their mainstream media, which is being paid by the Communist Chinese to uh, and the rogue CIA. So these refuse to give up power and are intent on a communist overthrow of the country, uh, which they've had pretty much that, but um, they want to keep it. <laughs> They're guerrilla forces of the anarchist groups, the Chinese and radical Islam, are intent on killing innocent, unarmed people in order to terrorize the people into submission. So pray for them, as Jesus commanded. We're very near to the tribulation when the man-child reformer ministry will come to the church and then this war becomes a world war. <laughs> Some dreams warn that the Russians will turn against us too, but the Lord said to me that it is not it is a warning and it's it's not necessarily having to come to pass. So let's pray. Because we know the war is between the deep state and the alliance. And um the deep state would rather see that turned around and uh the war be between the United States and Russia. So that would leave them out in the open to do their work. So at the, at the moment, uh, we are allies, whether people believe it or not, with the Russians uh, against the deep state, because they also are against the deep state. Anyway, Revelation 6, 1 through 4 says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a voice of thunder, Come. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat thereon had a bow, and there was given unto him a crown, and he came forth conquering and to conquer. Well, this is the corporate man-child reformer ministries in whom Jesus lives. And uh, and he guides them by his word and by his spirit. And just after this anointing comes war. 
verse 3. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come, and another horse came forth, a red horse, and to him that sat thereon was given to take peace from the earth. That's the earth. That's the that's a world war, right? That they should slay one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. Well, I believe this implies a civil war amongst world entities of the alliance in the deep state. Okay. And we will pray that Russia does not turn uh, against uh, the United States in this battle. Uh, right now, I know that they know what the deep state's trying to do. So Christians, let me say, are to not take part in the physical warfare, but are to contain their activities to sharing the gospel with both sides and to do their biblical spiritual warfare, and, of course, sending the angels when God gives direction as to what he wants done uh, against the demonic forces behind the catastrophe, right? But Jesus said, Love your enemies and do good to them that hate you, Luke 6 and 27. And 28 says, Bless them that curse you, Pray for them that despitefully use you. Amen. But the Bible says we're not supposed to wrestle with flesh and blood. Ephesians 6 and 12, For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and against the powers and against the world rulers of this darkness and against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So if you can't wrestle with flesh and blood, can you war? Can you kill? Can you pick up weapons? So if you do, God promises that you will die. Jesus said, All they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Matthew 26 and 52. And in John 10 and 35, he said, Scripture cannot be broken. Okay. And in Revelation 13 and 10, If any man shall kill with the sword, with the sword must he be killed. And if any man is for captivity, into captivity he goeth. So if you think you're going to keep yourself out of captivity by the sword, you're wrong. It's that's up to the Lord. If you need captivity, you're going into it. That's what he said. If any man shall kill with the sword, with the sword must he be killed. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So if you attempt to save your life by fleshly means... You will lose your life. Matthew 16 and 25 says, For whosoever would save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. So can you lose your life outside the sovereignty of God? Well, no, you can't. It's not possible. If you studied the sovereignty of God, you find out that God is ruling over this earth and a man can receive nothing except it been given him from heaven. John 3 and 27. It all comes from God. He says, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Matthew 10 and 16. Have you ever seen a sheep kill a wolf or even bite one? God never makes holy wars. There's no such thing in the New Covenant as a holy war. 
He did not give you permission to wrestle with flesh and blood ever, and he gave us permission to wrestle with the principalities and powers only. Countries are killing other countries, and people are killing people in other countries because of lust. That's the only reason, according to James 4 and 1. Whence come wars, and whence come fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your pleasures, that war in your members? You lust and have not, and you kill and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You have not because you ask not. So he's talking to Christians here. You can't stop the world from having wars because they're full of lust, you know, but we're not supposed to join with them against other people, right? So people are not content with what they have. Uh, You say, what if Christians obeyed this? Uh, Who would defend us? Well, God would because (laughs) he has other vessels to do this physical warfare. Uh, He raises up beast kingdoms against beast kingdoms. He does that. So uh, President Trump and company can do this if you pray for them. You know, we know from Scripture that they're going to ultimately win this battle. Um, I was asking for the Lord to randomly give me a word, and it was uh, Jeremiah forty-two ten through 12. I will give it in text here with the warning not to go to Egypt to trust in the arm of the flesh to save you from Babylon. And uh, in Ezekiel 17, when his people ran to the great eagle of Egypt to save them from the great eagle of Babylon, notice it's a civil war there, the eagle against the eagle, right? God forbid this, trusting in the arm of the flesh instead of him, and uh, and doomed it to failure. Therefore, we must uh, not trust in the power of man, as in the right wing, to save us from Babylonish deep state. We must not trust in the power of physical weapons. We must wrestle with principalities and the powers of this demonic darkness. And here is the text that was given to me, Jeremiah 42, 1 on. Then all the captains of the forces, and Johanan, the son of Kareah, and Jezaniah, the son of Kosheah, And all of the people, from the least even unto the greatest, came near and said unto Jeremiah the prophet, Let, we pray thee, our supplication be presented before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God, even for all this remnant, for we are left but a few of many, uh, as thine eyes do behold us that the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we should walk and the thing that we should do. Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto them, I've heard you. Behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words, and it shall come to pass that whatsoever thing the Lord uh, shall answer you, I will declare it unto you. I will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, The Lord be a true and faithful witness among us, if we do not, according to all the word wherewith the Lord thy God shall send thee to us. 
whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send thee, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Good words, right? Hmm. Verse 7, And it came to pass after ten days that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, and then called he Johanan the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces that were with him, and all the people from the least even unto the greatest, and uh, said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, unto whom you sent me to present your supplication before him. If you will still abide in this land, then will I build you and not pull you down, and I will plant you and not pluck you up. For I repent me of the evil that I have done unto you. Be not afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Be not afraid of him, says the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. And that was, of course, if you stayed in the land. Standing in the land is the position of the people of God where their temple is and where the presence of the Lord is. Going into the land of the enemy represents sin in the Scriptures. Verse 12, And I will grant you mercy, that he may have mercy upon you, and cause you to return to your own land. But if you say, We will not dwell in this land, so that you obey not the voice of the Lord your God, saying, No, but we will go into the land of Egypt. And that's the second eagle of uh, Ezekiel 17. It's a parable of civil war. We will go into the land of Egypt where we shall see no war, nor hear the sound of the trumpet, nor have hunger of bread, and there will we dwell. Well, that was a pipe dream, right? Now, therefore, uh, hear ye the word of the Lord, O Remnant of Judah, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you indeed set your faces to enter into Egypt and go to sojourn there, then it shall come to pass that the sword which you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt, and the famine whereof you are afraid shall follow hard after you there in Egypt, and there you shall die. So there was no protection in trusting in the arm of Egypt, right? Verse 17. So shall it be with all the men that set their faces to go into Egypt to sojourn there. They shall die by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. And none of them shall remain or escape from the evil that I will bring upon them. So trusting in the arm of the flesh is offensive to God. He wanted them to trust in him and stay in their place, to keep their position in their land, okay? 18, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as mine anger and my wrath have been poured forth upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so shall my wrath be poured forth upon you when you shall enter into Egypt, and you shall be an execration and an astonishment and a curse and a reproach and you shall see this place no more. So this offense was, of course, because they trusted in the arm of the flesh instead of the Lord's word. And I have this day declared it to you 
but you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God in anything for which he has sent me unto you. Now therefore know certainly that you shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence in the place whither you desire to go to sojourn there. And Jeremiah 43 and 1 says, And it shall come to pass that when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking unto all the people, and all the words of the Lord their God, wherewith the Lord their God had sent them uh, to them, even all these words, then spake Azariah the son of Hoshea, and Johanan the son of Kareah, and all the proud men, saying unto Jeremiah, Thou speakest falsely. The Lord our God hath not sent thee to say, You shall not go into Egypt to sojourn there. So they wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. <laughs> so they were just nice words that they said, but they were skin deep. But Baruch, the son of Neriah, setteth thee on against us to deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans, that they may put us to death <clears throat> and carry us away captive to Babylon. So Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces and all the people obeyed not the voice of the Lord to dwell in the land of Judah. Also, in Isaiah 30, is a stern warning not to trust in Egypt, but to return from their fleshly works to trust in the Lord. Isaiah 30 and 1 through 3. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, that make a league, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that set out to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to take refuge in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the refuge in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. And verse 7, For Egypt helpeth in vain and to no purpose. Therefore have I called her Rahab, that sitteth still. Yes, 15. For thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And you would not. But you said, No, for we will flee upon horses. Therefore shall you flee. And we will ride upon the swift. Therefore shall they that pursue you be swift meaning they will catch you in Egypt. And they did, and they destroyed them. And this is a revelation given to Kenneth Atnip Sr., um, and it's about civil war in the United States. This was back in uh, 2010. He said, My 16-year-old daughter, Mary Ann, had a dream a few days ago. She dreamed of civil war against the current government. The scene was very chaotic, and those in rebellion to the government were going house to house, forcing any and all men to join with them, as they will in these days too, yeah. Many of us Christians were in hiding, not willing to join in a rebellion against the government, even an evil government. If you read Romans 13, you see that 
He was speaking of evil governments. Just submit. Let God handle it. That's what he's saying. So the right wing, uh, I think, will be a threat against Christians who will not kill. Okay. She awoke in the middle of the night with a strong taste of blood in her mouth. Her 13-year-old sister, Amy, woke up as well and immediately asked her, What is wrong? The 16-year-old said that she had the taste of blood in her mouth, to which the 13-year-old asked, Were you dreaming of war? Somehow she knew that she was dreaming of war. Last November, my three-year-old son, Jeremiah, slept with Mom and Dad. He woke up at 5.30 a.m. yelling, War is coming! People are dying. People are crying to God. Unquote. He has no idea what these things are. It woke me out of a dead sleep, and I sat up and I looked at him. He was wide awake and started telling of hearing a noise. Pop, pop, pop. He kept repeating. All day, he kept talking about big balloons coming. <laughs> And looking out uh, the window, he said, maybe they won't come. Maybe they will pop. (laughs) Well, this, I believe we can see, will become a shooting war. I mean, it's been pretty much underhanded and, you know, but it's going to be all out in the open. And Kenny Atnip said this on January 2013. Some time ago, God showed me and some others that America would enter in an internal war. Uh, You can call it civil war or revolutionary war or anything you like, but it is coming. And God showed me plainly that many Christians would be tempted to be part of a war against the government and that this war would be part of his judgment on the USA and we should not get involved. The current government's actions are because of God's judgment So he who resists this government resists God's ordinance. Well, you know, obviously we're all for the fall of deep state Satanists, but we may not kill. Uh, The angels can kill, but that is God. And God can send you to send the angels to do things, but if the angels do them, it's God. And that's because they only obey God. And if you have your own will with the angels, it won't make a bit of difference. Uh, it has to be God's will, or they will not submit. Uh, global war is coming as well, and uh, America will be attacked. That's what he said. Well, this will be at least between the deep state and the alliance, which are global entities and enemies. And after all of these things, I saw a time of peace again in the land. So uh, America will be humbled and once again uh, look to God as its provider and defender, he says. Okay, and then the beast makes war on the saints mid-trib. Yeah, that's my wording. So the, the message to Christians here in America is the, the same that Jeremiah told to Judah. Submit to God's judgment, and it will go well for you. 
resist, and it will cost some their lives and others their freedom. Uh, Hans Petter, June 2008, he said, I started to see a movie in the spirit. First act was that Obama was elected as president, and he was the door opener for the next thing that happened. Dark skies came over USA with thunderstorms. People were fighting against each other in the streets. Tires and cars were burning in the streets. People were really suffering, screaming for help, and they had nothing to eat or uh, a home in some cases. It was a hard time. The cities were burning. I saw a gap or a division start to split the nation. It started in California. Wouldn't you know it? (laughs) Moved forward across the nation and ended up by the East Coast, north of New York. And I believe this is talking about Civil War battles, which we have already shared some with you. Um, Acts 2. This is him saying Act 2. In other words, he just gave you Act 1. Here's Act 2. Then people started to pray for help and ask for help from Jesus. I saw two eagles, uh, and he put in parenthesis, prophets. And the division of the eagle U.S., and that's my thought there, that that's what this is. That's uh, Ezekiel 17 all over. That came flying from the east, and behind came Jesus. Healing came to USA, and and Jesus restored the cities and people's life. I believe this is going to happen through revival. And like George Washington's vision of Civil War and the invaders who got repelled, right, eventually. And uh, Darren Smith got in June 2009. Last night while praying before I went to bed, the Lord gave me a vision that really rattled me. In the vision, I saw this land split into four parts. Some of you have seen the maps of this happening. It's by the earthquakes and the water, with each uh, one under its own flag. Each region had terrible destruction, and many people were dead. And as I looked over the destruction, I was crying, and uh, the Lord asked me, Why are you crying over the fall of Babylon? As a matter of fact, why have you been praying for the healing of Babylon? God wants neither one, right? Um, in this vision, I didn't have an answer. And the Lord opened a scroll and started reading off the indictments against our country. But before each one, he clearly called the USA Babylon. Yes, under the rule of the deep state, that's what it is. And the nature of the people are the same. You can't separate. You can maybe change the government, which they are doing. But changing the people is a different thing. The judgments that are coming are... Uh, are going to bring about revival, which is going to change some people. Praise be to God. So the list was long and to the point, with such points as the killing of several generations of unborn children. Beside this charge, he added that these babies had been sacrificed to the God of self. 
and they still are. Deep State is killing uh, millions of them. The list also included greed, idolatry, pride, fornication, and many others. So, so many I could not even read them all. As I looked at the list of charges, I was overwhelmed and broken by the fact that we live every day in a nation that is so far removed from God and in total opposition to the kingdom of God. Yet we are comfortable here. We have become just like a lot living in Sodom. The prosperity that the nation offers us has blinded us from the evil that rules this land. We complain about how bad it is, but still stay attached to it with every ounce of strength we have. So the Lord told me to look at the nation as He sees it, not through my eyes, but through His. I could not look too long before I had to agree and repent of loving Babylon. Once I repented, the Lord told me to prepare for the fall as time is running out. I must preach the gospel to the kingdom, not the gospel of America. America is already judged, and the time of shaking is now, and will increase rapidly. That's true. So, um, here's one given to Marie Kelton, uh, January of 24. We called it, Dragon Seeks to Devour Christians. And they do. They don't want to see be seen as that politically, but that's what they want to do. I had a dream that I was in a building with a bunch of other people. All of a sudden, the building got attacked by what looked like a Uteraptor. But it was huge. This is a voracious, I believe the deep state dragon <laughs> represented, uh, seeking to devour Christians. Everybody was trying to escape, and I was running down the stairs with a group of people. There was an Indian lady who was dressed in traditional Indian garb. We told her, come on, so she could escape, but something was wrong with her foot, so she couldn't really run. She got up and fell over onto the stairs, and as she was getting up, she said, thank you, Jesus, because her foot was healed, and she could now run to escape the dinosaur. When we got out of the building, there was a train that was waiting for us. Almost everybody got on the train, but it was stuck in a cul-de-sac and wasn't able to move. Well, some people are obviously stuck in a cycle of the curse that can't escape the dragon because it is not the straight and narrow road of discipleship, right? So... Some people started pushing the train to get it moving to leave the cul-de-sac. And as we were leaving the cul-de-sac, I looked back and I saw that there were three more people stuck in the building banging on the windows saying, Don't leave! They banged on the windows so hard that they broke them. And the three were able to get out of the building, but they were trying to run to catch up to the train to escape, and I knew they wouldn't make it. So obviously people are hindered 
um, to make their escape beforehand or to be prepared to escape beforehand, they waited too late and they missed the train, right? The last train out. Uh, so one was a white guy with medium-length pink hair. Well, what came to me was those seeking to impress the world are not going to escape. And another was a, a black guy. And what came to me was those walking in darkness will will not escape. And I don't really remember who the third person was, she said. The dinosaur was on top of the building. The black guy had dropped an empty water bottle on the ground. Well, I think that no water of the word is being implied here. And, of course, you don't have a sword if you don't have your word, right? If you don't use the word. He picked it up and did a flip trick to get up to the middle section of the building where there was a ledge that he could stand on. I'm not sure what the flip trick is, but it could be changing sides in order to escape. Some people are doing that now. Uh, Let me say, even the Democrats are fleeing the Democrats in order to escape. They can see there's no hope in that. And uh, anyway, he threw the empty water bottle, so he had no sword, right, at the dinosaur, and the dinosaur launched at him, so it didn't prevent the dinosaur from coming at him. Well, Jeremiah 2 and 13 says, For many, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And then I woke up. Okay, here's another one uh, given to uh, Marie Kelton, uh, one two twenty four, and we called it the faction cannot escape the dragon. Hmm. I had an open vision. There was a T-Rex. I believe this is the deep state dragon, dragon once more, uh, in the neighborhood during the night. The T-Rex came to my house and flipped the roof off of my house where my room is. The T-Rex was looking for me but couldn't find me. Well, let me say that could imply a lot of things, but we know God's in control of the dragon, the deep state dragon. And um, if they find you, it's because you're supposed to be found. (laughs) The T-Rex was looking for me, but couldn't find me because I wasn't there. It then walked over to what we know is a factious house and flipped their roof open and ate whoever was inside the house. So it's clearly implying that the factious do not escape the dragon of deep state Babylon. I then saw the T-Rex walk away from the neighborhood onto the main road away from us Christians. Then the vision ended. Well, amen. It didn't bother the rest of the Christians there in a circle of Christians, actually. So, this is Anna Stewart, also in 24, February of 24, and we called it Judgment of Fire. 
I dreamt that I looked out of our back window and saw billows of dark smoke, like the smoke from burning buildings coming through the not-too-distant trees. I was surprised and thought, wow, we may need to get out of here. I knew that if uh, I wouldn't take too long, uh, it wouldn't take too long for the fire to spread to our property. To my surprise, another huge billow of dark smoke sprang up to the right of the first one, and then another. Well, that sounds a lot like DEW weapons, doesn't it? Like they just used in Texas. The smoke rose supernaturally fast, more like an explosion than a fire. Mm-hmm. These were all separate fires, not one continuous growing fire. However, they can join together. Uh, the deep state uh, just started many fires in Texas, probably with DEW. In fact, uh, pictures, uh, uh, people have pictured it. They know it's DEW. But uh, somehow the helicopters were crashing that were needed to put the fires out. So they suspected uh, something going on there. And they were turning into uh, one huge fire, which the Lord is putting out. Okay. He wouldn't put it out right away, though. And I even asked him, you know, he said, nope, this is part of the judgment. So in a measure, God will listen to you when you you know, want to try to help people, you know, in a measure. Uh, but if a judgment is coming upon America, you can't stop it. Not completely. I grabbed a few snacks for our kids and got the kids together to leave. I took them to the car, and from there I saw a lone pine tree in a neighbor's yard suddenly burst into flames. Now, in other words, nothing spread to it. So that's DEW weapons. The grass around it was very green, and it didn't make any sense for that to happen. And she said, sounds like DEW. Yep. I realized time was short, and I needed to leave now and not to go back for anything else in the house. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, Luke seventeen twenty eight through 31 says, Likewise, even as it came to pass in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But in the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. After the same manner shall it be in the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Well, let me say one thing is uh, the Son of Man is being revealed, not in the way they think, but he is. In that day, he that shall be on the housetop and his goods in the house, let him not go down to take them away. Let him that is in the field likewise not return back. So again, don't just go, right? And then she said, a huge bale of straw fell in front of the car where I'd need to drive to get through. I knew it wouldn't be hard to move it out of the way, but it was costing precious time. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 and 13 says, But if any man buildeth on the foundation of gold, silver, costly stones, wood, 
hay, and stubble. Each man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it is revealed in fire. And the fire itself shall prove each man's work of what sort it is. And she said, we need to remove the wood, a and stubble from our lives before judgment falls, so it won't be a hindrance to us then. And so, of course, they can escape, right? I immediately woke up from the dream with a start, and it wasn't very scary, but it was very tense. I fell back to sleep and redreamt the first part of the dream. I have almost never dreamed the same dream twice like this. And after the first two or three billows of smoke came up, instead of gathering my kids to flee, I went outside and got the garden hose, and I began to spray down everything around my house. I believe she's speaking of the water of the word because of what comes next. I watched as the pine tree caught fire, and I began to curse the flames and forbid them to touch anything of ours. I started doing warfare and binding the devil. I was very loud and prayed in the Spirit as well, and all the while spraying water over everything. You may think, that's well, that's a stretch. No, it's not either. We have in our testimony section at least three cases where uh, a forest fire was coming towards people. They asked us to pray. We prayed. We said it's not going to come there. It's going to stop, and it always did. So, you know, the Lord is in control of everything, and he wants to use us to do that. I was spraying down a row of juniper trees between the neighbors and our house because I knew that they were very flammable. The next life, uh, excuse me, in real life, there are no juniper trees there. My neighbor came out to see what was going on, but I wasn't ashamed to be yelling at the fire to not come here and just kept on a warring in the spirit. I knew I might look dumb now, but I wouldn't when my house was left and untouched in the, in the end. Well, amen. Some people will stand and, um, defend their house in the in the spirit of the Lord. Romans 1 and 16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You say, David, you're giving dangerous advice there, not if you're doing it in the spirit of God. And we have examples in our testimony section of our site where we did just that. We rebuked the fire. And it stopped. Well, people uh, falling through the Lord's fingers is what we named this. It was given to Marie Kelton, 2924. During the Friday night meeting, as David was talking about the deep state and FEMA losing, the Lord gave me an open vision of Jesus sitting next to me. He was holding out his hand. And as I was looking at his hand, I saw many people falling through his fingers down to hell. And she puts a a note here, pray for the Lord to help his elect to escape the falling away. Amen. True. There are people that fall away in the midst of tribulations and troubles. 
It separates the wheat from the tares, usually, and we know it's coming. Okay, uh, we call this uh, false prophet media imparts demons. This is true. We recognized it when it, when we first started seeing it happening. This was given to Gideon Smith back in 2020. I had this dream on 11-16-20 that seems to run parallel with a dream I shared in 2009. There are many signs lining up between the two dreams. There's no way I would have known in 2009 that there would be a political figure in America named Donald. Well, Donald means a ruler of the world. It has a, a double meaning. Uh, Donald Trump is literally ruling in much of the world through the alliance that he heads up. Uh, the Donald in the other dream uh, is literally a deep state Donald and is a false ruler of the world. Uh, but I should say that there is only one ruler of the world, and he is neither one. <laughs> He rules over all the rest, right? So while uh, fasting about what uh, direction my family needs to go uh, in the light of everything going on in America, I had this dream. I saw darkness everywhere. I believe that this speaks of uh, deception and lies that, that are everywhere, literally on both sides, actually. Then I saw a giant television media screen. It was huge, like a drive through theater size. Well, the vast false prophet mainstream TV media who is imparting demons through slander, lies, and communist deep state spirit uh, to the watchers. We noticed this because we'd been in a battle with um, the Satanist faction group that was warring against us. And uh, we, we knew the spirits very well, and we began to see them in the public and, and in uh, politics. And even though I don't think any of us here have TVs, but um, at any rate, we could see that this was going on on the Internet. Anyway, there was a giant demon with horns and made of fire, and he was extremely powerful. Uh, well, I believe the horns of this beast are the false prophet media. Revelation thirteen eleven says, And I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns, like unto a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Well, that's a false religious leader, isn't it? Yeah. So literally this... This verse speaks of those two branches of apostate Christianity who claim to speak for the Lamb, but do not. Okay. But I believe the dream speaks of another false prophet who is the voice of the dragon uh, of Satan, the father of lies, and that's the mainstream media. But I have to tell you that many in uh, the Alliance side are lying, too, um, in, in order to... They know that they, they believe this is the only way that they can beat is to send out disinformation. 
He had fire all around him, and darkness was with him. The only light on him was the flames that showed his shape. Well, I believe no light means that he cannot speak the truth, as is false media on TV today. The light is fire because he is a destroyer of lives. And many have gone stark raving mad watching and listening to him lie and deceive. Another thought about this is, of course, DEW, who they are trying to force people to do what they want. He was on the screen showing his power. Well, I believe he's speaking through the media to conquer the U.S. and Christianity with slander and witchcraft and faction demons just exactly like he is in the Christian world. And uh, this demon was extremely dreadful and very strong. Then I noticed that there was a man with me who had a weapon in his hand. It was extremely dark, but I could see him. He was preparing to fight this demon. Well, this could be the Trump-man-child parallel um, I joined with them to fight this thing. Well, all true Christians should join their faith together to fight this media demon, obviously, and to bring it down. And it is working. People are praying, and it is coming down. Less and less people are paying attention to the mainstream media. They're laying people off, and so on. So, so. We have authority over him for the elect's sake. Matthew eighteen eighteen and 19 says, Verily I say unto you, What things soever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and what things soever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. So if you really believe you have that authority, why would you go to other lengths, right? And also Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Amen. And uh, I didn't have any weapons on me, so I... uh, a thought came leading me to go into my closet, in other words, prayer closet, and get my weapon. (laughs) So uh, we all need to be in our prayer closet using our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to bring down the premature deep state dragon beast who is Satan in a body of people and uh, free the people from the leftist demons that they have uh, imparted. Amen. So when I went into the closet, I saw a leather case, and inside of it was a shotgun with red shells, bullets, representing the blood he has. Amen. And uh, red for the political revival through Trump that is conquering him through all of our prayers and warfare. And also a shotgun shoots many bullets at once, which is what we should do. Those bullets are all together. If any two of you agree as touching anything, it shall be done, right? 
Amen. I then proceeded to shoot at the demon on the giant screen multiple times. I don't even know how I knew how to use the shotgun, but I did, and the man that was with me had a sword, which I believe is the word of God. And we both were fighting this massive prince, and then I woke up. Amazing how these two dreams speak as to what we are seeing now. Yeah, amen. And uh, Gideon Smith, uh, 1124, 2009. He said, I had a very interesting dream, and it was very profound to me, and I know it's from God. In the dream, my wife and three daughters were sick and in a hospital. And my thought was, the hospital is the church where healing is supposed to be dispensed but most of it does not. The doctors and nurses, I believe representing the ministers, were saying they needed more sugar. (laughs) In other words, ear-tickling doctrines, right? So then they were led to a floor below us, which I believe represents loss of stature or maturity because of feeding upon this sugar, right? I noticed that they were giving them sweets, such as donuts and candy and things like that. Yes, probably telling them what their flesh wants to hear, right? The strange thing was that they were giving it to them through a garbage chute. Well, of course, those seeking sustenance and healing in the worldly church are receiving spiritual garbage food for doctrine, and it does not do the job, right? Most of the church doesn't yet believe in healing and deliverance, for goodness sake, like it's not in the Bible. And he went on to say, sweets taste good to the flesh, but will not do any good for the spiritual man. The world's methods for healing or salvation will not contribute any good to the body of Christ. Being led downstairs uh, brings to mind Colossians 2, 20 through 3, 2. If you died with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to ordinances? Handle not, nor taste, nor touch, all which things are to perish with the using, after the precepts and doctrines of men. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will, worship, and humility, and severity to the body, but are not of any value against the indulgence of the flesh. That's like a lot of doctrines in the church. There are no value (laughs) to destroy the flesh. Three in one. If then you were raised together with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are upon the earth. Yep, the apostate religions are very earthly, very worldly, and very much a part of the dragon. The uh, garbage chutes show that what they were receiving was weak and beggarly rudiments or principles of the world, as in Galatians 4 and 9. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, 
How turn ye back again to the weak and beggarly rudifants whereunto you desire to be in bondage all over again? When seeing this, I noticed that my wife and three daughters had come upstairs to see our new son. In reality, my son is already nine months old in 112909. Okay. So, uh, in type, the immature church will be brought up out of bondage into heavenly places when they come up to see the man-child of Revelation 12. Yes, I agree. Very good. And when they arrived, I met them, and we first began to look around the maternity ward, and I noticed all the babies were inside incubators that were full of sugar, (laughs) powdery substances that covered the babies. Amen. Well, revelation will be given to the immature church that sugary teaching makes their flesh happy, but is keeping them immature and on spiritual life support. He went on to say, These looked very underdeveloped, dark, and unhealthy. Well, the babies in the incubators were premature. Yep, their their spirits are, or breath is man-induced. And he went on to say, they could not grow into the image of Christ. They were full of the powdery, sugary substance which will kill them spiritually. Then we went to see my son, whose name is Luke, and he was huge. He was sitting up on his own outside the incubator. (laughs) Sounds like the man-child growing quickly, right? We've had so many dreams like that. He was perfectly healthy. And when I looked closer, I saw that he was completely covered in blood, and there was no wounds or harm to him. Well, the man-child we know is covered and washed in the blood, and he was fully mature and did not need an incubator to breathe. In fact, he could sit up on his own because he was covered in the blood and cleansed from all the things that the other babies were dying of. Amen, amen. And then the whole hospital and staff turned on the TVs. Oh, we know that there's nothing on the TV but deception from the false prophet mainstream media pushing the deep state beast agenda. And there was this big announcement being made by Donald Rumsfeld. Okay, there's the other Donald he was talking about that was Antichrist, right? or some other politician, saying that they had created something great and wonderful. And when looking on Wikipedia, I I learned that Donald means ruler of the world. Wow. Well, this one is the false ruler of the world, the deep state beast. The immature church and false ministers feed on the fake stream media of the deep state beast. And that's sad because I, I, I know so many people who claim Christianity who, who quote them people, for goodness sake. Uh, he went on to say, his great thing I saw was a spirit. Hebrews 1 and 7. And the seven angels, he saith, who maketh his angels winds. And the Greek word there is spirits. 
He maketh his angels spirits. What I saw in this case was a body of fallen angels or spirits. Okay. So the corporate spirit of the beast from the pit inhabits the world dragon, beast, seven-headed body, and is imparted these spirits from the dragon beast, mostly through the media to many people. People are going mad listening to the mainstream media, the leftist media. Everyone seemed to be glued to the TV. Yes, they're mesmerized by the false prophet mainstream media belonging to the deep state dragon beast. And they were watching this creation being introduced. As they watched, I was taken to the clouds and saw this great thing that they were speaking of, and it was a gigantic pillar of fire with a fiery flame on top, flying up from the earth and passing the clouds into the atmosphere, but then it fell down to the earth. Hmm. So in the natural, the mainstream media is losing credibility and people fast. Satan has taken over the head of the world body, which is the United States. However, he is premature and is being put down by God through the saints until the church is built up. It reminds me of how shall Jacob stand, for he is small and God delayed, right? Yep, you're right. So, Satan is exalting his throne above the stars of God's people, but will be cast down to the earth at the beginning of the tribulation, as in Revelation twelve seven through 11, which we are seeing somewhat happening, right? And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels going forth to war with the dragon, and the dragon warred and his angels, and they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, who accuseth them before our God day and night. So his vision is pretty much fulfilled in this. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb, and because of the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life even unto death. Notice they didn't take up weapons, but they had something more powerful, and they knew it. Isaiah fourteen twelve through 15 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground that didst lay low the nations? And thou saidest in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. Well, we saw his vision, and it certainly is coming to pass, right? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the uttermost parts of the north. 
and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like the Most High. But here he is falling, verse 15, Yet thou shalt be brought down to Sheol, to the uttermost parts of the pit. Amen. So we know the end of the story. We can give the good news. Then I was taken to the earth where I saw its form from another perspective. I saw this pillar of fire which seemed to be full of winds or spirits, right? That kept its flame burning. It was stretched from the ground all the way to the sky. And then I saw what was on top of it. And to my surprise, it was the same image that is on the beast is everywhere, Revelation. Uh, except the circle in the middle of the two horns was like the all-seeing eye on the back of the dollar bill. Well, they do see just about everything, but you can bind them from your stuff so they can't see you, your phone, your computer, and so on. This globe was on the head of the golden calf. The two wreaths were its horns. Well, guess what? That's the UN logo. There is a new UN in town, by the way. The old one has become totally deep state and is going down with the deep state. But there is a new UN. I'll give you a chance to figure that out. But you know what the symbol is, right? It's the world, the earth, with the wreaths around both sides of it, which are like horns. And it was sitting on the top of the golden, the head of the golden calf. So, very interesting. The Federal Reserve notes are are owned by the deep state beast and are on their way out as the new currency owned by the U.S. Treasury is coming. The worldly will worship the beast at the command of the false prophets. That's the fake news media in one aspect. I know there's more than one parable there. Uh, Then, after seeing this, I was back in the hospital with my brother besides me who, who saw the same image as I did, but no one else did. I urgently told him three times, that's Ra. That's Ra. Well, the ancient Egyptian sun god is Ra, the false son of God or antichrist beast warning others of a false image of deity for three years. We've been doing that at that time, you know. Then, as the people were watching the news of this great thing, I began to warn them and tell them that this is the seven-headed, ten-horned beast. Yep, on the way. So, this is the deep state empire trying to force the mark of the beast through vaccines, but they were premature, as were Obama and Hillary, and it is not time yet for the the beast, the mark, the image. That starts in the middle of the trib, and no, we're not there. Uh, So, uh, since they are premature, they're able to be cast down. People are able to reject it, and so on. The deep state will fall to the earth, but the spirits behind it will return at mid-tribulation. It won't be the deep state anymore, but 
Remember that the world is full of sinners. You might can change the government. You might can throw out the bums. But let me tell you, the people are still sinners. And if they're still sinners, then something's got to happen. So the people in the hospital began to listen to me. Well, those who were coming out of the institutional apostate church, I believe is what's being identified here, I noticed that my wife was shaking her head, telling me not to speak about it anymore to them, even though I felt led to keep talking. But I stopped. So, let me say, the worldly mother church will not want the truth to be proclaimed to their people. And that's because they're part of it. And then I woke up from the dream. And when I woke up, and told my wife the dream, she apologized for what she did in the dream. Well, you don't have to apologize for that. You're just an actor, right? Just an actor. You're not guilty. Praise God. Um, but God uses, you know, the mother as the mother of harlots, you know. And uh, Marie Kelton on 1130 and 20, we call this, The Beast Will Destroy the Wicked. During last night prayer meeting, I saw a figure standing. I didn't know if it was an angel or the Lord because all I saw was the waist down. The figure had on a white linen robe. As the meeting continued and we were praying in tongues, I saw the white figure. He was wearing a black satchel. It rested on his right side. And while we were praying... I heard a writer's inkhorn. Oh, now that kind of identifies it, right? And I heard this multiple times, and then I heard smite the capitals. Okay, so she gives Amos 9 and 1. I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and he said, Smite the capitals, that the thresholds may shake, and break them in pieces on the head of all of them. And I will slay the last of them with the sword. There shall not one of them flee away. There shall not one of them escape. Well, smite the capitals, I believe, is emphasized here to speak of judgment on the apostate leadership and uh, God's people. In chapter 8 and then 9 begins with this judgment and progresses to I will raise up the tabernacle of David and then it goes to that they may possess the remnant of Edom which is the faction so there's a progression here we know it's coming to pass so I looked up in a, a writer's inkhorn and here it is Ezekiel 9, 1 through 11. Then he cried in mine ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause ye them that have charge over the city to draw near every man with his destroying weapon in hand. And behold, six men came. Uh, well, six is the number of the beast. The deep state beast comes to destroy apostates in the capital city, representing the apostate leadership of the church. 
and of the false bride. Right. Okay, so six men came from the way of the upper gate, which lieth towards the north, every man with his slaughter weapon in his hand, and one man in the midst of them clothed in linen with a writer's inkhorn by his side. And that's to mark the righteous leadership to escape. So they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon it was, to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed in linen, who had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry over the abominations that are done in the midst thereof. So this mark is a mark on the good people who are grieved over the sins of the so-called leadership. And to the others, the beast, he said in my hearing, Go ye through the city after him, and smite. Let not your eye spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly the old man, the young man, and the virgin, and the little children, and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And that's the mark of the righteous, right? And begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the old men that were before the house, because uh, they should know best, right? They've been around a long time. And he said unto them, Defile the house, and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and smote in the city. And that city was apostate Jerusalem, the false leadership over God's people. And it came to pass, while they were smiting, and I was left, that I fell upon my face and cried and said, Ah, Lord, Wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel in thy pouring out of thy wrath upon Jerusalem? Well, notice that the wicked under them in Israel, a type of the church, are included. All right. Then said he unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of blood, and the city full of resting of judgment. Yes, bad judgment, like the Pharisees taking authority over Jesus, right? For they say, The Lord hath forsaken the land, and the Lord seeth not. And as for me also, mine eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity, but I will bring their way upon their heads, and I will be, and behold, the man clothed in linen who had the inkhorn by his side reported the matter, saying, I have done as thou hast commanded. Okay. This is Eve Brass Revelation uh, 12, 31, 20. Our king leads the attack on the corrupt church and state. Amen. I was meditating on a dream the Lord had given me about the president-elect David as a type of the man-child David's. Uh, appeared before the waiting news media when they were expecting Donald Trump to come. 
and accept the presidency. Well, meaning there is a parallel between the state and church new leadership, right? This means that the king uh, anointing for the man-child body is very soon. And uh, we know that Trump's going back into office, too. So there's a parallel. I mean, officially into office. We know he's never really left office, but officially, right? So David was pointing with his arm to each individual secret service angel. And the Lord's been having me do this. I've been, lately, that's what I, 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 all night long I'm doing it, okay? And commanding them to go throughout Washington, D.C. and gather up all the wicked government leaders and send them packing. And uh, this is in parallel to what the Lord will be doing through President Trump. And it is said by people uh, in the know that 80% of the government leadership is corrupt. Epstein is alive, and he knows a lot of them personally, along with Hollywood elites and the financial and industry moguls. Amen. I went to bed asking the Lord to show me more about this dream and what he was currently doing, and he gave me this dream below. And this is Eve Brass, 1231-20. I dreamed that uh, it was dark, and I was in the midst of a massive army of warriors. Suddenly I was taken in the spirit high up into the air overlooking the whole battle scene. There was a very high stone wall of an old city to my right and over to my left, up on a hill, was a giant king being carried on a palaquin with a uh, golden throne and a golden crown on his head. I knew that this was our king, and all of his warriors were dressed in ancient leather battle gear. They all had spears and swords to fight with. Uh, the warriors were all large and muscular and very fierce. And I believe that this is the man-child reformer ministries um, being sent forth and sending forth the angels to battle. Because the angels are very muscular too. <laughs> and um, the angels will fight, like in Revelation chapter 12, for the righteous who speak the truth. And as I looked over at the king, he was driving the warriors forward with his arm and pointing towards the stone wall of the city, that apostate city. And he was commanding them to attack in a deep voice that seemed to reverberate through the battlefield. The scene changed, and I found myself inside one of the structures inside the city. I was in a crowd at a party watching two homosexual men dancing together. Representing the leadership of state and church in spiritual fornication with each other as Revelation 17 shows the harlot riding the beast. And one of the men was dressed like a woman with a blonde wig on his head. As we have seen, America is Sodom and Gomorrah. And in the dream, I knew that these two men were going to die in the attack on the city by our king 
and his warrior forces. Mm-hmm. Let me say that as the Lord has shown, he will orchestrate the whole battle throughout history. The man-child prophets spoke the word empowering a beast kingdom to come and to destroy the apostates. That's the question was to the man, uh, you know, why are you trying to save Babylon, right? Um, so he will use the Babylonish deep state leftist communist anarchist forces to bring down the apostate leadership of the people of God just the way Babylon conquered Zedekiah and his cabinet, the leadership of spiritual apostate Jerusalem. Babylon conquered them by the sword, famine, and pestilence, and fire as the Lord commanded. So modern deep state Babylon will do this today. Then God will use Cyrus, Trump, to conquer the Babylonish deep state leftist communist anarchist forces as uh, revival and restoration breaks out. Well, both factions of church and state will be conquered by our king through his man-child. You can see Ezekiel chapter 34 and Ezekiel and 35. And I asked Father for a word by faith at random for this dream, and my finger was on Micah 3 and 7, uh, in context 5 through 12. Uh, Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people to err, the mainstream media and false church leadership is being identified, that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and whoso putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Well, a sect, division, or strife is a work of the flesh, as Paul said in Galatians, right? So there are many works of the flesh and not of God out there. Therefore it shall be night unto you that you shall have no vision, and it shall be dark unto you that you shall not divine. And the sun shall go down upon the prophets, and the day shall be black over them. And the seers shall be put to shame, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. But as for me, I am full of the power of the Spirit of the Lord, and of judgment and of might, to declare unto Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin." Well, this reminds us of the ministry of Jesus as a type of the end-time man-child, right? Hear this, I pray ye, you heads of houses of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel that abhor justice and pervert all equity. They build up Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. Well, Zion... Jerusalem was the apostate leadership over the people of God, like Zedekiah, whom the Babylonians took captive to Babylon, uh, which has happened today. And these apostates don't even attempt to make the Scriptures their rule. Verse 11, The heads thereof judge for reward, and the priests thereof teach for hire. 
Yeah, whatever profits them, that's what they'll say. They are all on salaries, contrary to Jesus' command, freely you have received, freely give. Uh, They refuse to walk by faith, which they do not have, so they're not qualified to be a leader. And the prophets thereof divine for money. Yet they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord in the midst of us? No evil shall come upon us. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field. In other words, he's treating it as Babylon. It's Babylon religion for sure. And Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of a forest. Well, true. Isaiah 40 and 10 says, Behold, the Lord will come as a mighty one, and his arm, that's the arm of the Lord Jesus, will rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. So what is this recompense before him? It's the battle we just talked about. And the great shaking that appears in the Scripture when the Lord comes in his man-child body and overthrows kingdoms. After David's anointing to rule, he conquered the Edomites, the faction against his people. Haggai 2 and 21 says, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. Uh, That's the man-child body, Zerubbabel, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. So we're told by Paul in Hebrews 12, 26 through 29, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more will I make to tremble not the earth only, but also the heaven. What does that? I believe it's planet X. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that have been made, that those things which are not shaken may remain. Wherefore, receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace whereby we may offer service well-pleasing to God with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. So God's about to shake, consume, and remove man's religious, prideful, and sinful creations that do not conform to the Scripture. And even a child can see that. And it's also stated in Haggai 2.6, yet, yet once more it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens like Planet X does, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land, everything shaking. And I will shake all nations, and the precious things was not in the original, precious of all nations shall come, and I believe that's Jesus. He's coming to be glorified in his house of sanctified people. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So back to our Haggai 2 text in 22, it says, I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. He is doing so. And you say, well, he, uh, yes, the alliance is overthrowing the throne of the deep state kingdoms, but the alliance can't do anything without God's people and the angels. Go back and read Revelation 12 and see 
who it is that drags down Satan from his throne, right? And all of his angels. And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations, and I will overthrow the chariots. Kind of like he's making an application here with Pharaoh, right? And those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, meaning born from Babylon, literally. In other words, the first fruits of leadership to come out of the Babylonish harlot and lead the people to rebuild the kingdom in the promised land. My servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and I will make thee as a signet, which is a sign of authority. For I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. And then also, uh, Eve gave us this revelation uh, on one five twenty one. Jesus is manifest and moves the bride to the house of the king. Praise God. I was praying before I fell asleep last night for Father to show me more concerning all that he is doing during this time with Trump and the man-child, David's, parallel, where both received their anointing to rule, and he gave me this dream below which concerns the epiphany of Christ in his first fruits and the provision for his people in these end times which comes through Cyrus Trump. I dreamed this morning that Jesus had totally manifested outwardly through me in appearance or image to others. She's being used as a type of the bride here, okay? They were seeing Jesus instead of me, and I was still inside of him, but outwardly he was all that remained visible of my old appearance. Hmm. Well, the Lord said... I think I've shared this with you. The Lord said that her flesh was burned up and her spiritual man was left and this type uh, will soon be revealed. Because God does have types and He makes them conform to what He wants to show people, right? I was able to experience Jesus from being inside of Him. I was also able in the Spirit to view his slash my appearance from the outside of him as we pass by mirrors or other reflective objects. Let's remind you of Second Corinthians 3 and 18. But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. So when we, by faith, accept that it is Christ who lives in us, we can manifest and understand this verse. Because power comes when you believe the gospel, that you don't live anymore, Christ lives in you. Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. A good word of faith that will come to pass. And that life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith which is in the Son of God. In other words, if you abide in Christ, you will have this faith. Who loved me and gave himself up for me. 
and also First John 2 and 28. And now, my little children, abide in him, that if he shall be manifested. And that word in the, the Greek means is phaniru, to make visible or to cause to shine. And he's talking about it shining in us. If he shall be manifested, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Clearly, you can see it talks about manifesting in these people. And First John 3 and 2. Beloved, now are we children of God, and it's not yet made manifest what we shall be. We know that if he shall be manifested, that's the same word, faniru, we shall be like him. For we shall see him even as he is. And every one that hath this hope set on him purifieth himself even as he is pure. So you see the faith that comes to these people that God will do this work in them. Right? There is no curse on this man or woman as, as Eve has demonstrated in these days. I'll explain that to you one day and she'll be able to prove it. Colossians 3, 3 and 4. For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall be manifested, that's the same word, then shall you also with him be manifested in glory. There it is. Very clear. This manifestation means Christ glorified in you. The epiphany, or the shining of his glory, out of us is being seen here. Well, what was strange to me is that when I realized that I had become Jesus in outward appearance, I simultaneously realized that I had slowly been becoming him in my mind, will, and emotions all along uh, all these years. Well, Eve here is also a type of the bride of the last Adam, Jesus, the new Jerusalem um, born from above through his word out of heaven is also this type. And it has the presence of God in the temple. Jerusalem, as a type of the kingdom, was made up of the bride, as John said, whose head was David and who was a type of the grandchild. The Lord is rebuilding this type for the leadership of the church who is typed as the rest of Israel. Yes. So Jesus and I were so totally merged together on the inside that I didn't notice much difference between my mind and my persona and his. The only difference I experienced was his absolute confidence and his power, knowing uh, precisely the will and plans of our Father and feeling the power and authority to carry those plans out. Well, it's so true that so few understand this. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, that shining forth of himself out of you, right? For example, Jesus spoke the word in a perfect numeric pattern. And the wonder is that the disciples that he made, who John said were the bride, wrote it down, including their own acts, 
in a perfect numeric pattern. And they probably didn't even know it. They were just fulfilling what was natural at that time to them. So, he is fully in control of the men and women who come into his image and his presence uh, is alive in them. How could they too speak in perfect numeric pattern, meaning God? It was God speaking, okay? I also had a sense that we were untouchable to our enemies and that they were forced to submit to our Father's plans for His sons and His people for this period of time in the dream. As a type of this, Jesus, we know, passed through the midst of His enemies, untouched, when He was cornered. And He also said, No man takes my life. He, he had to lay it down because no man could do it. So that we shall live in him and he in us is seen here. John seventeen fourteen through 24. I have given them thy word and the world hated them because they are not of the world. And even as I am not of the world, I pray not that thou shouldest take them from the world course, that's what some people think. Yep, the man-child is going to be raptured to heaven. That's the end of that. No, no. Uh, the, or the church, which is even worse, is going to be raptured to heaven, and that's the end of that. No, no, no. That's all baloney. <laughs> so there's no rapture at this time. Notice. But that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Notice they're in the world, but they're not of the world, okay? Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. As thou didst send me into the world, even so sent I them into the world. And they begin, and they continued to speak in perfect numeric pattern. Amazing, hmm? And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. You can't give away what you don't have. Neither for these only do I pray, but for them also that believe on me through their word, that they may all be one, even as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be in us. Notice that the world may believe that thou didst send me. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given unto them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be perfected into one. This is how God does it. You can become a perfect oneness with the other people who are also being sanctified. You can't become a perfect oneness with a people who don't want to be sanctified, even if they call themselves Christians. Okay. And that's why the Lord has sanctified our body of these people. Okay. That the world may know that thou didst send me and lovest them even as thou lovest me. Father, I desire that they also whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. 
Amen. So the bride, who is like Esther, learned to please the king. Uh, she must go from the house of the women to the house of the king, right? Esther 2, 12 through 20. Eve gives here. Now when the turn of every maiden was come to go into the king Ahasuerus, after that it was has been done to her according to the law for the women twelve months, for so they were so were the days of their purification accomplished, to wit six months of oil of myrrh, six months with sweet odors, with the things for the purifying of the women. Verse thirteen. Then in this wise came the maidens unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. In the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women. To the custody of Shashgag, the uh, king's chamberlain, who kept the concubines, she came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and she were called by name. The women, of course, who went to the king's house and didn't measure up because they sought their own idea of beauty, returned to the house of the women. Now, when the turn of Esther, (coughs) the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go into unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, which I believe represents the Holy Spirit, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto king Ahasuerus into his house royal in the tenth month, which is the month Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. So Esther was the one who went into the king's house and stayed as the bride because she obeyed the Holy Spirit's idea of beauty. And and we how can we know that? We can know it by Scripture. The Holy Spirit wrote the Scriptures. Look in there and see what God loves and what He doesn't love. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained favor and kindness in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Vashti representing the rebellious first wife who did not come when the king called, and that was in one type Israel. They didn't come. Only a few, only a remnant came. And also among the church, many have not fully come, okay? And they claim to be the bride, and they're not. So verse 18, Then the king made a great feast, representing the marriage feast, unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast, and he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the bounty of the king. Oh, boy representing provision to build the kingdom, I believe. And Eve, that's what Eve wrote, and I agree with it. And when the virgins, these are not the bride, by the way, as you can see, but the bridesmaids, 
Yes, they escorted the bride and the groom to the groom's home. Uh, okay, that's what they did. Uh, were gathered together the second time. Then Mordecai, meaning little man or man-child, was sitting in the king's gate. Amen. We pulled up to a large house with many rooms that seemed uh, to house the whole family circle from local UBM, which I believe is representative of all the UBM bride family out there. Okay? And Jesus lined up the front door of his house on wheels and the front door of the family circle house. And it's called a family circle because it's a circle of Christians joined together, right? So he lined up the front door (laughs) with their door, right? So Jesus is the door, and our door must be him. I watched the the local UBM men extend a sort of U-Haul plank between the two front doors so that the moving of the women would be easy and seamless. John 10 and 1 through 5 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door, but into the fold of the sheep, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So those who come by religion and not the door are thieves. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Glory be to God. Well, coming out of the house of the women is the same thing as coming out of religions, sheepfolds, uh, to, to follow the Lord. And when he hath uh, put forth all of his own, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know not, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. John 10 and 8 says, And all that came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Jesus and I walked inside the family circle house and saw Sue Gilbert. Uh, the meaning of the name Sue is lily or rose. Um, Solomon spoke of the bride in Song 2, 1 and 2. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. As a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And the meaning of Gilbert is a bright promise. The glorious promises are, are how to come into the image of Christ and how we bring others into that image. Uh, Eve said, and Sue greeted us excitedly and wanted to show Jesus how she had fixed Shalanda's hair. We looked at Shalanda, who was just beaming because her hair had grown long. Well, in 1 Corinthians 11, long hair is a sign of submission to our husband, Jesus. And Sue had uh, braided her hair in really nice plaits and placed little purple dye stamps all along the braids with the seal of Jesus on them. Jesus was really pleased with this, and I thought Shalanda's hair was so pretty too. I was happy for her 
that she finally had the long hair that she'd always prayed for, and the purple seals were the finishing touches. Uh, well, Song 8 and 6, she has here, Set me as a seal upon thy heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as Sheol. The flashes thereof are flashes of fire, a very flame of the Lord. And Second Timothy 2.19, the first part, Howbeit the firm foundation of God standeth, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. O oh, glory be to God. So we proceeded to move all the women into the house on wheels and then continued making our rounds to the other houses of women and some of whom I didn't know in the dream. In, in other words, they had not been a part of our local UBM body up to that point, that point in time, but Jesus knew who they were. And in the dream, I knew this gathering was occurring locally, but also I knew Father was gathering to us a worldwide remnant. He was gathering us all into his house on wheels to take us to a larger and better house that our Father had prepared for the end times just ahead. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we thank you, Father, for this wonderful revelation, and we know it's true. We thank you, Jesus. And, Father, uh, please bless the coming days. They're short now, and wonderful things are about to happen for the bride, for the church. Uh, well, some chastening was coming on the church, we know, and uh, it'll be necessary. So thank you, Father, for what you do. Amen. Lord bless you, saints. We'll do this again sometime. My thirsting soul, purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. Oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus.
Continue.